What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey everybody, welcome to Mini Crush, Sick Edition Part 2, but on a Monday. It's two minutes past the last recording, so Noel's elbow still hurts, his wrist still hurts, I'm still sick, go. How's my pride, Chuck? <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I think it's okay. You alright? Yeah, well just, you know, because I had to bail out on that scooter spectacularly, and uh and my, my pride took a bit of a hit, but I think it's healed over the past few days. Were you by yourself? Well, my, I was with my friend Frank, but he was up ahead. Okay. Uh, and I was, he was, I was kind of the straggler, and he didn't even see it go down. So Frank was like, where were you? And you're like, yeah. oh, nothing yeah, happened. exactly. And he's like, high five, scooting. And you're like, uh, yeah, nah, with nah. my left hand. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I told you, I think, I might even said on the show about the time in college when I saw the guy bust ass on his bike no. on campus. Oh, no. Kind of one of the funniest things I've ever seen. A guy was riding, and I'm sorry if I've told this story before everyone, but he was riding his bike on the campus of the University of Georgia. He totally busted ass, fell on the ground face first, bike wheels spinning in the air, books scattered all over the street, and this dude, Noel, puts his uh, hand under his chin, laying on the ground, opens a book, and pretends like he's reading. <laughs> yeah, that's very similar to what happened with me. It was one of the best moves I've ever seen. And I still wonder to this day, like, who are you, sir? Where are you in the world now? Where have those talents taken you to be able to play something else with such uh, skill and a plum? Man, that was good. 
All right. So uh, because I'm sick, everyone, and um, went to bed super early last night, I did not prepare any usual um, movie crush stuff like social studies. Uh, I spent all those in the sick edition from Friday. So what we're doing here is a movie crushers tribute episode, Noel. Because as everyone knows, there's a movie crush page and there's a movie crushers subpage, which um, is for the superest of fans and the oldest of pals. And they have so much great stuff going on and people are really playing along and posting a bunch of really fun um, games and questions and interactive stuff. And it just makes me smile every time I go over there and check stuff out. So uh, I am stealing some of it for our own purposes. How does that sound? It sounds lovely, Chuck. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee. Sounds perfect. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to start off with uh, Dave Priest. Um, uh, just about a day ago, called for the funniest movie scene ever. Do you have one, Noel? Off the dome? No, I've got a couple. I, I saw the movie Hot Rod over the weekend, um, which I really enjoyed. I never enjoyed. saw that. It's really funny. It's, is it? It's the Lonely Island guys and all that. Yeah, and, I mean, Sandberg. Sandberg's great. There's one scene where he is like in the forest doing this like weird Zen kind of frolicking meditation ritual, uh-huh. and he falls down a hill, 
but he falls for like five minutes. <laughs> and it's just, I'm a big fan of Pratt Falls and physical comedy like that. Yeah, taken and, to the nth degree. Taken to the nth degree. Another one that comes to mind, I think I've mentioned this before, is that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where Jonah Hill and Leonardo DiCaprio are yeah, like on, the on Quaaludes uh-huh. <laughs> and they're just crawling around each other and just like getting wrapped up in the phone line. And so it's just, that's just good physical yeah. comedy. Makes me laugh so Agreed. hard. By the way, have you seen... Sorry to get distracted already, but have you seen the early marks for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, everyone says it's great. I can't wait. The trailer looks fantastic. I've heard a, a bit of redemption for Tarantino. What did he need redemption for? No, I mean, Hateful Eight wasn't the best-reviewed film. I enjoyed Hateful Eight. I'm glad. Yeah. But the reviews that I read said a, a bit of a comeback toward the Pulp Fiction days. Yeah, you know, it looks like a big old fun L.A. movie, yeah. you know, and a period piece to boot. So. Yeah, and um, apparently has like a knockout ending that, that Tarantino himself has wrote a very kind letter at the Cannes Film Festival to the journalists saying, please, please do not give away anything. Mm, I saw that. Yeah. He did yeah. it in a great way, I think. And he just I, said we all love cinema and yeah. the biggest part of that is coming fresh to to a thing and experiencing like, it. Please allow time. others to experience this yes. the same way that you have. Yeah, and he didn't say Dick. It. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? He, he didn't throw that in. Uh, no, I think it, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be great. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. As uh, tomorrow, the or I'm sorry, in two days, the uh, Rocketman, the Elton John film comes out. And I believe this week Deadwood comes out. Oh, really? Oh, great. I don't I'm know what to do, to Noel. That. I don't have enough time to go to all those movies. Well, Deadwood's... On the TV, right? Oh, that's right. I think you're right. On the TV, right? It's on the TV. <laughs> Cocksucker. Uh, if you don't watch Deadwood, by the way, that was yeah, a... He didn't just pull that out yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> Chuck, you foul mouth so-and-so. Oh, and also, Noel, I filled a hole, and I'm going to fill the other two. Uh, I watched John Wick, and boy, did I love it. Yeah, it's great. I watched part two over the weekend uh, with a friend and I realized for the first time for the first time, but I I thought I had seen part one, but I realized I hadn't. Whoa! Um, so I need to go back and watch part one. So you never saw John Wick? I saw John Wick too. Wow! I don't know what to say about that. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I thought you were a wicker. So nope. I'm, okay. a, I'm a wicker man. I have you, I have you confused with someone else. Uh, so I'm going to watch part two. They have a good deal going Noel, on Apple uh, iTunes. You can buy John Wick one and two for nine ninety nine. Or if you're a sucker, you can rent them for five ninety nine each. Do the math. All right. So uh, funniest movie scenes ever. We'll start it off with Brent A. Price, the cat and the ashes, and meet the parents. Uh, Keith Edwards says a sight gag and clue when everyone is running around, they all collide on the second level. Seen that movie a hundred times, and it still cracks me up. Yeah, agreed. You know how I love that movie. All right, we're gonna go to Will Thomas, Tommy Boy restaurant scene. Tommy like wingy. Leah Mitchell, Tommy Boy. Deer breaking out of the convertible. I never seen Tommy Boy, no. Have you? Yeah, it's the one where he puts on, he does the fat guy in a little coat. That's a famous scene as well. He's like, fat guy in a little coat. And then he rips David Spade's coat. Skylar Banks is Tommy Boy when he lights the model car on fire. I think I need to see Tommy Boy. It's funny. That one's funny. That's the funniest one. Because then they did it again. Like Black Sheep, it was very similar pairing with Spade and, and Farley. Yeah. Very similar, where like, you know, Spade was kind of his uh, babysitter. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. That's the dynamic there. R.I.P., sir. Uh, Jeff Noel, our old friend, the self-destructing play performance in Noises Off. Yeah, man, Noises Off, that's a classic. 
and he got a comment there that you know not enough people know about that film. I think I agree with that. Uh, George Ferris says 22 Jump Street. Schmidt fucked the captain's daughter. Yeah, that was a good scene. That was a funny movie. I haven't seen either one of those. I don't think I saw the second one. Wait, First, you, you say 22 Jump Street? Yeah. Isn't that the second one? Yeah. The first one's 21 Jump Street. Right. So you didn't see the one in question here? No, I did see both. Okay, cool. I, I'm just, you, uh, you definitely knew the reference. Yeah, yeah. I'm sick. Give me a break, Noel. I'm, I was just I making know. sure. Becca Lou, our old friend, says, uh, terrible movie called Bong Water starring Luke, Luke Wilson and Andy Dick. Luke's character's house burned down, and he's staying with Andy Dick's character. Over breakfast, they're talking, and Andy Dick says, guess who just quick, guess who just quit smoking? Luke asks who, and Andy Dick says, your house. I guess that gets her every time. Um, Michael O'Neill, the barbershop scene in Coming to America. Uh, certainly a good one. Art Riddle says, Black Sheep, Farley Falls Down the Mountain. Uh, Dodger Phillips, our old friend, says, The World According to Garp, either when he and his new wife are looking to buy their first home, uh, or later when you see the look on his wife's face while wearing a neck brace. Yeah, that was a good movie. More Tommy Boy. Where have I been, Noel? Watching other things. <laughs> uh, Paul Skoronsky says, The Bathroom Scene in Dumb and Dumber. Sure, that's potty humor at its maximum. Is there pooping? Yeah, farting? remember Dumb and Dumber with Jeff Daniels on the toilet? Oh, yeah. I wonder how, I wonder how, how they do the foley for that. How do you, you think it's like a lot of balloons? I don't know, man. I think a lot of dudes blowing into their hands. I'd love to get a foley artist in here. That'd be fun. That'd Hasn't be really happened cool. yet? You know, I, I know no. one. You should get Michael, um, oh gosh, I forget his last name now. He does all of the, he does a lot of music for Adult Swim and we interviewed him on the animation podcast me and Holly Fry did from Stuff You Miss in History Class. And he is local and is very much a Foley artist. Really? Yeah. I'll do that. I think we should. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll figure out. Yeah, let's content. hook it up. He's great. I thought there was nothing cooler to me when I was a kid than seeing a special on Foley artists when they would do a split screen and show what's happening on the movie and then show the Foley artist at work uh, walking around on like light bulbs or punching a ham steak or something. Mm -hmm. It's just the coolest thing ever. It's neat, too, because there's that thing they do where they have, like, a wooden pit that they build because it contains the sounds just enough, and they mic it so close that it gives the sense of more of a contained environment as opposed oh, to just doing it in an open room. Right. So it's almost like a raised flower bed of, uh -huh. like, wood on the side. And that's sides, their little stage. And that's what they stomp around in, and they fill it with sand or whatever, you know? Wow. It's really neat. Lots of little tricks that you wouldn't think, but they, yeah. they've figured out how to do over time, you know? Yeah, and I love that they have attached the word artist to that title. You know, it's really appropriate, I think. Uh, Karen Petrick, um, she actually just posted a meme of the chest waxing scene in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Great, great scene. Because, you know, Steve Carell got really, he really got waxed there. No, I'm sure everyone knows that by now. Oh, he did, huh? Sure, that wasn't fake. You ever gotten a wax, Chuck? Uh, Emily used to do my, uh, I'm not the hairiest guy in the no, world, no. Um, but I do have some of the neckline creepers. Right. So she used to do my upper back occasionally. Yep. Um, Same. But that's when we all cared. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I don't Same. really care. I, I had it happen once. My ex-wife was an esthetician and she did it uh, actually just to practice, I think. I think uh -huh. that was her guinea pig. Sure. And it won fun. I definitely don't envy uh, the ladies that have to do that or, or choose to do it that way. Yeah. You know, on the reg. 
on the reg. Um, let me see here. Let's do a few more of these funny scenes. Much appreciated, David, for this, by the way. Chrissy Nadine uh, goes with Wolf of Wall Street, but not that scene, Noel. The the party scene where DiCaprio does that that kind of funky break dance in the tuxedo. You know what I'm talking about? I think I do. Is that where they're like tossing the, the, the little people? It's this one right there. Yes. When he's doing scene. those moves. That's a different scene. That is um, really funny. He is so funny in that. He is a really good physical comedian. I... I, I th- I'm coming around to liking Leo. I love him, man. People bag on him still. I don't get it. My whole thing, and I think I've told you this, is I just always feel like he looks too young for the roles he plays. But that's not his fault. He's not young anymore. He's properly middle-aged. But I just think of him as being a tiny child. Yeah. Because he's got this baby face, you know, still. I but, know. Yeah. It's, it is weird. It, and we've all seen him grow up since. Uh, right. What was Different it? Strokes? No. no. <laughs> it was. Uh, Family Guy? Family Matters? Yeah, he was he was when he was a young cartoon on Family Guy. Yeah, that's right. And grew up into an adult real human. I will say this though, the thing I'm really the thing that looks really cool about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is like both he and Brad Pitt have this like grizzled leathery look to yeah, their yeah. faces. Like it's uh-huh. just very like Steve McQueen kind of like it's got that vibe. I really Yeah, like which if you know, you spend time in LA and you see those people that are just Sun kissed for 40 years, yep. and they have this sort of leathery, mm-hmm. otherworldly look. Scott Marble says, For me, it's the photograph sequence in the credits of The Hangover. That was really funny. Yep. And it was, you know, it was the, the, kind of the perfect way to end that film. It was the perfect way to end the film because that was The Hangover. That was the, the part in question, right? Yeah. Where, or not The Hangover, that was the kind of the, the blackout period yeah yeah and then you get to see exactly what yeah happened. you it was weren't really expecting it pretty brilliant it's great <laughs> they were so funny too i bet they had a lot of fun taking those uh shots i bet uh amina stimler um she posted a meme too a lot of people are doing that it gets us a thing um kristen wig the the flight scene in bridesmaids uh <laughs> when kristen wig is not in first class and gets tanked that's right oh god that was so good man she's funny <laughs> she is funny. I don't know. If, I don't know if this is the right time to bring this up, but really quickly, um, you know, Kristen Wiig had a film that was going to shoot here in Atlanta, yeah, and she pulled it because of this horrible uh, heartbeat bill that yeah. we have going on. I'm wondering how that's going to affect our industry, Chuck. I know, kind of concerned. Yeah, should we talk about that? Well, I mean, just briefly. I don't know. I just I think it's a big deal. I mean, obviously, it's a it's a it's it's a horrible thing to begin with, but I think it's so short sighted of our you know, government to not realize that people aren't going to stand for it and we're going to lose, we're going to lose business. Uh, Yeah. And that's, we've been building this for years. It's just so, so petty and short-sighted and they're just trying to, you know, it's, it's all about like a political ploy to like get Roe v. Wade overturned. And I just don't, I don't get it, Chuck. Yeah, it is. uh, Not only is it um, dangerous legislation, but it's, uh, it's embarrassing. Yeah. To be lumped in as just this backward mm-hmm. uh, place. Yep. And uh, just so the non-Georgians out there listening know, uh, they've done polls and 70% of Georgians are pro-choice. And we have a governor who is literally going against the will of his constituents and saying that he is invoking the will of the people. And it's just not true. Nope. And it's uh, it's really fucked up. It's sad. And that's all I'm going to say that's about all, that right That's now. all we need to say about that. And that's all I have to say about that yep. right now. I just hope that... Uh, <laughs> I hope, you know, because money talks, so I hope that if enough production companies threaten to pull and it's very much a real threat, then maybe something will change. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Moving on. Uh, 
All right. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Noel, we're going to move on to another movie crusher curated segment. So, Noel, this one was got a lot of great uh, feedback. This is from uh, our old friend Vanessa Cashman because... I'm not sure if you know this, Noel, but a show called Game of Thrones just wrapped up. More like Game of Groans, am I right? And, uh, well, go ahead, because this is what I want to know. As a non-watcher, what are your feelings? Um, I guess you can spoil, so let's just uh, say if you haven't watched the end of Game of Thrones and and you're going to one day, Tune out for the next couple of minutes. I'm not even going to get into specifics. I don't think it's even worth it. I'm just going to, all I'm going to say is that none of the motivations of the characters to do the actions that they ended up doing on the show made any sense. And the show was built on really intricate character development that was very expertly laid over the, the course of many seasons. And several, most of the most important characters in the show just made these bizarre like heel turns in the last two or three episodes. Really? And it just reeked of desperation. It reeked of like, let's get this done. Let's get to a conclusion. Let's make it happen. Let's get these characters from A to X. And there was just no in between. And 
I know, you know, say what you will about George R. R. Martin, but if these were the choices that he actually wanted for these characters, he would have devoted a lot of time and ink to having it make sense for them to get to where they ultimately got. So I found a couple episodes in the last season pretty satisfying, but the last two were just head scratchers. And I was just like, Jesus. All right. So all the criticism that I've read about you feel is totally warranted. I do. And what's the deal? George R. R. Martin is still finishing the last book. Is the that correct? The last two books, dude. And so HBO couldn't wait and they just sort of went off and did their own thing? I think what, what I've is heard. Is that what happened? What I have heard is that the showrunners uh, for Game of Thrones, D.B. Weiss and David, uh, whatever ben, it is. Ben, ben Benioff. Benioff? So, yeah, Benioff. Um, they received outlines for the character arcs for from all the main from characters. Martin? From Martin. Oh, so that's why I'm saying if the way it ended up going was Martin's desire or was what he had in mind, he I hope he damn well does a better job of it than they did because this, this didn't make any sense in terms of like what you know about these characters for them to end up where they ended up. I'm not even going to spoil it for anybody because it's just, you know, watch well, it. Well, is it plausible that uh, he wanted them to end up there, but in two books you can do it in such a way that That's what it, I'm saying. it really feels right? That's what I'm saying. Because and they just had to rush it because it's had to rush TV. it. Okay. And I think HBO wanted two seasons, but these dudes, I think they got a Star Wars franchise or something, and it seemed like they were out the door. It seemed uh, like they had fucking senioritis on this last season. Like, seriously. I mean, it's a slog to shoot that show, I'm oh, sure. Oh, I, I, listen. I understand that, and I and I know that anybody on that worked on that show, hearing some tool like me criticizing it, you know, I, I understand how much that would make you want to punch me in the face. But think about it from like how good the previous seasons were, and how earned every character arc felt, and then for them to just kind of rush it out like that, I felt like it was kind of a an insult to the characters and to the show and to the people oh. that spent so many years, years, dude, Did you sign the watching petition? this show. No, because that's just idiotic. What are you gonna, sure. They're not going to rewrite the last season. No, I know, but or it's a statement. It's a statement, but like, and again, I'm not like dying on this hill or anything. I was just personally disappointed. Yeah. And I think that's my right to be disappointed. Absolutely. And, and, and the craftsmen and women and people and uh, that worked on the show, genius, beautiful, beautifully mm-hmm. shot, beautiful visual. The writing, just not very good. Hmm. Acting was just fine. It just, I don't know, it just really took a d- nosedive in quality. And you could sense the rush. You could smell the desperation. All right. Thanks for that take. Very valuable. Was it hot? It was a hot take. It wasn't hot, but it's it's good stuff. So Vanessa said, uh, this was after the ending. She said, just curious, what TV series do you think actually had a good and satisfying ending? It's tough to wrap up a TV series. No. It's hard. Yeah. Um, I've got a few that I can think of. Uh... The the ending to Breaking Bad Incredible. was great. Incredible. Really good finale and final season, I think. Yeah. Earned. Everything that happened to that character, you were like, oh, yes, that makes sense. And there's twists, and even the twists make sense. You know what I mean? Like, all of it. Yeah. Everything felt just so, you know? Yeah, the, the Seinfeld ending always got a lot of grief, um, and I think that is because Seinfeld was a show that was impossible to end satisfyingly. But that show was How are you going to end that show? How And how are you going to rag on them for having a quote-unquote satisfying ending? It's not like there's a bunch of storylines you have to wrap up. They just have to have it be interesting and kind of like a little bit unusual. Yeah, and the, which sit- they did. the sitcom ending, uh, the, I mean, they're totally different types of shows, obviously, than something like Game of Thrones. That's a hot take. Seinfeld, 
different than Game of Thrones. Big time. <laughs> Very much so. But no, the old, uh, you know, multi-camera stage sitcom. Of course. Uh, how you generally wrap those up is with... All the characters move on to some new thing in their life that is very uh, um, gives everyone hope or a warm feeling. Right? You couldn't do that with Seinfeld. They, why they wouldn't do that with Seinfeld is a very kind of nihilistic, like, weird you, show. Yeah, like you know? Jerry and Elaine end up together. Like that's what a normal show might do. You just couldn't do that it's with that. It's not show. that kind of show. No. So, uh, just a couple of ta- you know what the Office, not the ending, but the Steve Carell's final episode. Yeah, dude. One of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. Very good. Uh, and, and then, geez, the show just kind of wasn't great after that. No, it wasn't. But it also, but it had some moments. It had like some bright moments. I really like Robert California, played by uh, James Spader. I didn't watch much, man. I kind of oh, drifted no. in and out well, after Corella. And then it's like Idris Elba's in it for a little bit. And um, yeah, I didn't see any episode. With Will him in Ferrell it. plays. David Brent's immediate replacement, not David Brent. What's his name on the show? Michael Scott's immediate replacement for I a couple see episodes. Him on there either. It's very funny. Uh, Jeez, I don't know if I watched it at all. No, after he left, Parks and Rec had a nice ending, a really heartwarming and also yeah. quite funny ending where it was like the future. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so let's see what the movie crushers have to say. Uh, B.J. Linja says Mash. Uh, Casey Robert says um, Robert Yaw says Parks and Rec and Glee. Dean Pickett, Breaking Bad. J.J. Verbino, Six Feet Under. Oh, yeah, man. Dude. What a great finale. What a crusher. <laughs> oh, a God. Sia song. Oh, I'm like God. starting to get misty just Hell, thinking about that. I have lost myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know, I live kitty corner to a funeral home. Um, my home is across, well, kitty corner. Yeah, yeah. From a, and it looks sort of like the Fisher House. It's I think I know the one you're talking about. Big on Memorial Drive. Mm-hmm. That's where I live. Mm-hmm. And it always gives me pleasant feelings because I think, because they also have a second house. And I think of Claire living upstairs of that uh, second house. That show wrecks me, dude. Yeah. I so love great. it so much. Uh, David K. Gwyn Vaughn says, New Heart. Great ending. Uh, Juan uh, Castaneda says, Sons of Anarchy. I never saw that. I watched it for a while, but I fell off. Yeah. Uh, Dave Priest, who supplied us with our uh, previous post, said, St. Elsewhere, certainly a great, great ending, Noel. Did you, did you know that show? Nope. St. Elsewhere was a hospital show in the, geez, I guess it was the 80s. And um, it in well, I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> yeah, I am going to spoil it. If you are going to go back and watch St. Elsewhere, everyone, don't listen to this next bit. Uh, at the end, Noel... The son of one of, I believe, I'm going to get this wrong. It's going to go in corrections corner, but I'm going to say it anyway. I believe the son of one of the doctors uh, who has autism, the very last shots of the show are of the hospital. And then it pulls back to reveal that this boy is, uh, this hospital is in a snow globe that this boy is staring at. What? With the implication this whole thing has been in his imagination. It's all a dream? Sort of, but enough of a spin on that. That it was clever? That it was clever. Okay. I think so. Interesting. Because, you know, that's a big trope, of course. Is it, is it, is it, it weird? Is it a weird show? No, it's not weird at all. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm typing in St. Elsewhere finale. The last one. Is what it's called. All right, here we go from Vulture uh, on the 30th anniversary from last year. Says uh, one of the most famous endings of all in all of television. Um, Doctor Westfall, 
watches his son with autism, Tommy, stare at a snow globe that he gazes at all day long. What's he thinking about, he asks. Uh, Then the boy puts the snow globe down to prepare for bed, and the camera slowly zooms into the snow globe to reveal a miniature version of St. Elijah's Hospital. To make things weirder, the characters weren't the characters anymore. Westfall was now a construction worker rather than a doctor. Oh, that's right. And St. Elijah's Dr. Uh, Auschlander, who had died earlier in the episode, was alive and well and was suddenly Tommy's grandfather. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. Seems a little out of left field, though. Oh, totally. Right. That's the point. What was the, what was the public outcry or the public reaction? Well, I mean, there was no social media, so who fucking knows? Exactly. That's fair. Back in the good old days when everyone's opinions were just inside their own homes. All right. Paul Armstrong says, Halt and Catch Fire. Have not seen it. It's a hacker show, I think. Yeah. Good ending, apparently. Cool. Uh, Brian Stevens says, uh, The Wire, Cheers, Breaking Bad, and Mad Men. Boy, the end of Mad Men was great. You know, I never finished Mad Men. Great ending. Okay. No. I'll check it out. Uh, well, no, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Uh, Jane Diaz says The Americans. Don't watch it. Emily loves it, though. Uh, Stacy Coglin says Battlestar Galactica, hands down one of the best, most well-constructed series of all times. Um, Sarah Stanislav, another vote for Six Feet Under. Uh, our old friend Mark Noack says Game of Thrones. Crazy talk. I don't know, man. You know, my friend Melissa, mm. saw her over the weekend. She said that she liked it. I actually read a piece in defense of it on some site. I can't remember. Uh, and they made some good points, but oh, man, no. Yeah. It just felt rushed and weird. Okay. I mean, like I said, maybe the actual end points the characters reached made sense if they had been handled differently. Yeah. It's a little more development, a little more like, you know, earning of the of the choices they made. I hear you. That's a big, big thing, earning Earning your arc. Uh, Adam Pract, our old friend, says, Homicide, Life on the Street. Um, Alexander J. Reichert says, Unpopular opinion here, but lost. Ooh. Yeah, that's a, that is an unpopular opinion. Yeah. That, I mean. It's, it just wasn't very good. No. I mean, they, my, my theory on Lost, and I don't think I'm alone in this, but my theory on Lost is that they r- wrote themselves into a corner um, or maybe it's better said this way. They wrote checks that their butts couldn't cash. <laughs> totally. I don't think they really knew like, oh, geez, there are a lot of things to tie up here and we just can't do it. And the thing is, too, like I when I was watching that show, I, I kind of was under the uh, impression that they really had the whole thing laid out, that they knew what they were doing, that they weren't just dropping red herrings left and right, and that I was going to get some kind of satisfaction. And I think a lot of people felt that way too. So when it was so unsatisfying and almost, and literally broke their own promise that they made where they said it wasn't going to be this thing, uh, I found that a little bit uh, irritating. But here's another thing though, Chuck. How, wh- wh- if you enjoyed a show and you yeah. enjoyed the ride and then the finale sucks – does that diminish your entire experience of the show? Do you throw the show under the bus because they, they wrote a check that they're, you know, they couldn't cash? Hmm. Well, what's your take on Game of Thrones? I think it's a great show that had a very poor last season. Yeah, I think that's the, that's where I am. Um, I really enjoyed Lost for a long time. I was way 
way into it. I was too. I was on those boards, dude. Me too, dude. I was trying was to figure out the numbers and all that shit. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, yeah, so it doesn't, maybe a little bit of a diminishing, because like you, I'm like, uh, kind of just disappointed in, like you feel strung along a little bit, especially with loss. That's right, that's right. Like, oh, you didn't know what you were doing the whole time. Not, not that's harsh to say. You didn't have, like, have a, a grand plan, which I think is what Breaking Bad did. It's very clear that it did. Yeah. And that's how you keep yourself from having, that, that's how you keep from writing yourself into a corner is by having it all at least fleshed out in outline form, you know? At least you know with the main beats that everything is going to hit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you don't have to just, like, improvise kind of, you know? Yeah. Uh, Kieran Gandhi says Firefly uh, with the Serenity film. You know, Noel, I was late to Firefly, and then uh, quite a few years ago, so many people had talked about it that I finally went and watched it all, and oh, did I love it. Did you watch Firefly? It's really good. It's so great. It's really good acting, good writing, nice adventure, very fun, funny. Everything about it's cool. Yeah. It's like a more interesting Star Trek. Well, I don't know Star Trek, but... Star Trek's just so dull to me. I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I get why people like it, uh-huh. but... To me, Firefly has it ticks all the boxes that Star Trek ticks, but it's got more dynamic kind of, you know, yeah. exciting performances and stuff. Yeah, and Serenity was great too. Uh, agreed, totally. Uh, Derek Speedy says Scrubs, a show I never saw. Apparently, had a good ending. Sarah Jane says ER. Uh, Raleigh Bartholomew says Psych. Don't know that show, Noel. Psych isn't that with Tony Shalhoub? Oh, is it? Friend of the show. I think so. No, no, it's not. Never mind. I'm thinking of Monk. But it's about like, uh, <laughs> it's sort of about, are they like ghost hunters or something? What do they do? Oh, it's based on the hit 1980s TV series Moonlighting. What? That's what it says on Wikipedia. It's a detective comedy drama. All right. I see here partially inspired by Moonlighting. Got it. All right. Interesting. Um, Justified, that's from Christine Cunningham. I watched season one of that and really enjoyed it, and it just, I sort of forgot about mm-hmm. it. I think I watched the whole thing. Really? Mm-hmm. I think I did. Nice. I really like, uh, what's his name? The sheriff from Deadwood. Timmy, uh, Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant, and I also really like Walton Goggins. He is a great oh God, he's rednecky <laughs> Looney Tune. He's awesome. He is awesome. I can watch him in anything. Did you watch Vice Principals? No. Oh, God, Noel, you'd love it. Is it funny? Yeah. It, you know, it's Danny uh, McBride. McBride, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Walter Gawkins just sort of at each other as enemies and then eventually as allies. It's so good. I just remember it. It's all coming back to me. I first saw Walton Goggins as, like, the loose cannon, like, shitbag cop in that show, The Shield. Oh, I never remember saw the that. The Shield with, uh, yeah, I know with the, show. the guy who was, yeah. oh, what's the actor's Michael, name? Michael uh, Chicklis. Chicklis? Chicklis. That's a good one. Chicklets. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Walton Goggins has one of the best uh, fucks in TV and film. When he when he says the F word, when he drops an F bomb, Noel, it's just there's something about it. The way he enunciates that F, it's always really really powerful. So hats off to him for that. We should have a uh, up with fuck thing dedicated to Walton Goggins. I would love that. <laughs> Do a super cut. Uh, Maggie Byrne says Friends and Sex in the City. Uh, yeah, the Prince finale, it ended about how it probably should have ended. I agree. Uh, Anastasia Bowden says, Downton Abbey. 
Yeah. Uh, JB Lindenberger says, no contest, six feet under, best series finale of all time ever. Hard to argue. Uh, Jacob Thompson says, Thompson says, The Sopranos, which uh, I know that got a lot of heat for that ending. Don't stop. <laughs> Are you going to finish? That's how, it's, that's how it stops. That's oh, it didn't ends. say believing? No, it, it ends with don't stop. <laughs> I knew it ended with that song, but I didn't know it cut it off like yeah, that. Yeah, and abruptly. it goes to black. That's the whole deal. Like Tony's in there with his family. He's looking around. He's not particularly paranoid exactly, but everyone in there could be a potential, you know, assassin. Whacker. A whacker. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that I think it's brilliant. The fact that you don't see it happen, that it could happen then. It could happen anytime. You know, he, he's, he's going to live his life looking over his shoulder. But you know that that uh, prequel's coming out soon with his son. Dude, have you seen any pictures from the set? Yeah, it looks great. His son looks just like him. Yeah. It's awesome. It's going to I think and and it's it's the What a tribute to. It's the showrunner. I mean, it's it's going to be it's the real deal. Yeah. He's been working on it for a long time. It's going to be good. I need to finish up The Sopranos. I think I missed the last couple of seasons. It I love it. Yeah. It's I, that was one of those re- those those shows where I had the privilege of coming in about halfway, so I got to binge a bunch of it and yeah. then I watched it in real time for the last maybe two or three seasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jonathan B. Williams, I'm glad he mentioned this one. This is a great, great show that I think wasn't uh, a little bit undersung. Extras, uh, the Ricky Gervais show on HBO. So good. And the ending to that was so good. And I know we've talked about that show before because I remember us singing uh, Cat Stevens together. I also think of uh, Pathetic Little Fat Man, No One's Bloody Laughing, the David Bowie song. (laughs) It's so good. You know, we should do an ep- uh I'm going to do a segment at some point about best TV show theme songs too. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was thinking about this yesterday with uh I mean, Extras, Ricky Gervais always does it well because Extras had the Cat Stevens song, T for the Tillerman, which That's is right. great. And then The uh, Office The had Office had Rod the handbags Stewart and the, the glad rags that your granddad <laughs> had to sell so you could buy. So great. Yeah, Rod Stewart. Really great. I think that was the Rod Stewart version, right? On, yes, on that show? absolutely. Yeah, so good. All right, everyone, that's it. Uh, thanks to uh, Vanessa and Dave for contributing and basically writing this episode. Your check is in the mail. Thanks for hanging in again while I'm sick. And uh, I'm going to be better by next Wednesday when we record these again. And uh, thanks thanks for understanding. So, Noel, you got any parting uh, shots? No, sir. Parting compliments? Um, I'm, you're, I like you, Chuck. You're a good guy. I like you, too. I hope you feel better. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm out of here. I'm off, I'm off to, to take a little trip. <laughs> All right. Enjoy the acid. Will do. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.